0: Warning, the following podcast may contain topics or issues that are sensitive and may be upsetting to some people. If anyone is disturbed or distressed by the topics covered, feel free to end the podcast at any time. Please note, peer educators are not therapists. These podcasts are not to be considered to be professional opinion. back to another episode of Peercast. today we are talking about the victim empowerment program you've probably heard that a bunch of times but what is the victim empowerment program right and then we'll get into um other factors around that so let me invite my guests today which would be sophia uh zomi and alex all right so introduce yourselves
1: you're on mute <laughs> alex <laughs> when i cut my hair
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, all right, nice. Hi, I'm Alex, and I cut my hair.
2: Hi, I'm Sofia, and I'm in Colombia.
0: So none of Hi. you are peer educators. Oh. That's interesting to me. Yeah,
2: we- <laughs>
0: <laughs> none of you none of you are peer educators. That's very <laughs> interesting to me.
3: Hi, I'm Sofia Toledo, and I'm a peer educator. <laughs> I haven't cut my hair yet during quarantine. I give it another week. Yes, so, yeah, another
0: be- week. Okay. I'll
3: give
0: it cool. another week. So, on today's um, episode, we're a bunch of airheads in here. On today's episode, we'll be talking about the victim empowerment program. So, I feel like a lot of the times we say, hey, we're the victim, we're with the victim empowerment program, or sometimes we'll say, hey, we're with CAPS. Um, we're with both. But um, I feel like sometimes um, people don't really know the difference. So, tell me what victim empowerment program is. Yeah, yeah. You can okay.
3: Know. So just your so hand. it's not close. Yeah, I know. So like, <laughs> um, so let me go a little bit farther back to also clear up the whole CAPS and VEP mm-hmm.
0: confusion. Please do so
3: that. So think of think of CAPS as like a big umbrella, and VEP is just part of it. Or you can think of um CAPS as a big tree, and VEP is part of its branches. Um, so the Victim Empowerment Program or VEP is essentially a confidential assistance program that helps students who've been threatened, or have been um, victims of um, violent crimes, which can include, but are not limited to, sexual assault, domestic violence, hate crimes, hazing, stalking, and the list goes on. We also assist with um, accompaniment and advocacy, um, and that can, so anyone else can go a little bit more in detail on those two if they want to. Sorry, my thing fell off.
1: Right. So you mentioned like accompaniment. That's essentially like if, if need be, like um, the profession, the professionals can join you in like going to, let's say, like a court hearing, like a medical appointment. Mm -hmm. That could be like a rape treatment center to get like tests or results, (laughs) etc. Literally, like any place that you need to be that maybe you don't feel comfortable going to like alone, or you like just feel like you need that support. It's available to you, and they can join you.
2: Also uh advocacy we understand how you can meet some deadlines or some classes so what we do is that we help you talking to professors and organizing new deadlines trying to drop classes organizing schedules and all these things and but it's important <laughs> to mention that we don't make anyone do anything so it's all on you you can always decide whatever you want to do we just present the options and we offer the services but it's on you to decide if you want to take them or not so yeah
3: um so, sh- On what Sophia was saying, yeah, that we don't make you do anything. It's all at the choice of the student, um, at the choice of the client. And also, um, if you do come in and it's something that might be more on the legal side, you don't need to file a police report to come seek our services. Also, you can be a student, faculty member, um, a university visitor. If the the incident happened on campus, we do offer assistance for that, too.
0: Right. So um i guess to to, to so accompaniment pretty much that all that means is just they'll go with you to these places right whichever place it mm-hmm. needs to but and advocacy is more like the technical side of things right so dropping classes mm-hmm. and stuff like that also to clear something up like you wouldn't see us there you would see, yeah. Someone, yeah, who like, like, ass, see yeah. someone who has a whole you'll see someone who has a whole degree like um like you're not going to see i'm not I'm <laughs> yeah not you'll there, see you know some a licensed, so, <laughs> <laughs> a licensed
3: professional
0: a licensed professional
3: some kid key
0: keyword key, key <laughs> License and also keyword (laughs) profession.
3: Yeah, um, so we usually refer like to them as advocates or counselors, but
2: yeah. We are here to inform people about uh, what our bosses do. (laughs) Yeah, like it's
3: in In a a sense, sense, right?
2: Do the education (laughs)
3: aspect of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah, essentially, right? Yeah, a little bit of advertising, a little bit of information spreading, um, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say. So, um, so we tend to do this visitation where we talk about the victim empowerment program, right? Can you guys kind of walk me through um, what some what are some of the topics that you cover when you're when you're presenting on this um, specific topic?
2: Yeah, so normally we start talking about the differences between sexual assault and rape. So we explain how uh, rape requires penetration, but sexual assault is something like more general that, ha- that happens like uh, in a different way it doesn't require a penetration but like yeah i feel like people
0: get i feel like people get those um get those like definitions tripped up so what what would you call what would you cat what would you call cat calling would that be sexual assault or would that be sexual harassment and
3: it more on the sexual harassment because it's Mm -hmm. important to note that sexual assault is essentially Mm -hmm. an umbrella term Mm -hmm. for just um, essentially different forms of, um, unwanted sexual contact, um, and harassment can fall more on the unwanted sexual attention kind of terms of things. Do you guys agree?
2: Normal people think that they're, like, rape and sexual assault are actually the same thing, and mm-hmm. it's, you see normally the faces when you're doing the presentation of people when you explain the differences, and they're like, oh wait, isn't it the same thing? So, yeah, there is a little bit of confusion in that part. So it's important to for us to clarify that it's different and, like, uh, the differences between that. And then we talk about a little bit about uh, relationships and, yeah, we start jumping into victims and different types of victims and who is a victim. So, so this-
0: let me let me ask you a question. When you're doing these presentations, what's kind of the most, in regards to victims, right? Kind of one of the, one is the most... Um, Oh, what's the word that I'm looking for? you get something wrong?
2: Yeah. Like the, what do you, the, do you, the misconception. is Misconceptions.
0: Normally- yeah. So when you're doing these presentations, what's kind of the most, the, the biggest misconception that you get a lot um, when it comes to victims?
2: Yeah. So victim blaming, it's of course, one of the biggest things, because normally people have comments like oh yeah because you wore that so like you were wearing that it's on you it's yeah. never on the victims so that's something mm-hmm. that we really like to clarify victim blaming is a huge problem that we should really talk about I think.
3: Mm-hmm. and uh, we see it a lot um because like i see it a lot in like i've taken victimology classes and stuff and we did analyze a lot of news outlets that unknowingly participated in victim blaming and that it, victim blaming is part of not even, sometimes it, can't, it isn't even intentional. It's a much, much rooted issue that we have a misconception that there's something the victim could have done differently. And that's not the case. Um, nothing that you were doing, you were wearing, um, what you were drinking, none of that in, in any way, shape or form gives anyone the right to put their hands on you without, their, without your consent. In no way, shape or form. We often see it in news media outlets where um, they describe what the victim was doing, and they paint the victim in a negative light. Sometimes, unknowingly, they do that, and it kind of it makes the public perceive that it was a victim's fault. But in no way, shape, or form does that mean that it was a victim's fault. There's nothing they could have done to change yeah, that. It, kind, it of kind of frustrates
0: me. It kind of because it kind of frustrates me, right? Because when you have like, people say, like, oh, you shouldn't have warned that, right? Like, you shouldn't have warned that to go out. Like, what else do you expect to happen? Like, that pisses me off because I – because it's, like, it's the idea of if you leave a bank vault open, they're going to go in and steal your money, right? I personally think we should live in a world where I can leave the bank vault open and no one goes in there. You get me? Like, it doesn't – it's not your money. You can't take – you get me? So, I would say much – I would much rather live in a world like that than – you know what I'm saying? So, like, I, I personally – Yeah,
1: sorry.
3: what's up, about it?
1: No, like in a world where like you can go out, have a good time with your friends and know that like you won't become a victim because of what you're doing and like, you can just exist. And that's kind of hard, especially for the news and like, especially for like, like in the college age, like our ages right now, 18 to 24, I think it is. It's like we're at the most risk. And that's like every gender. It's not just women. And it's like, we don't even realize that. And it can happen to anybody. And it's not the victim's fault ever.
2: Yeah, and this victim-blaming thing, like I totally agree with what Eliandro was saying. It's not a personal thing. It's not that you believe that it's your fault because you're a victim. It's a society thing. So like it's the culture that makes you think that was your fault. So it's the rape culture that's the problem. It's the blaming the victim. Ooh,
0: get, get into that, get into that.
2: Culture. Yeah, so it's like...
0: Go off, queen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: so yeah it's the rape culture the problem
3: yeah and i, I so, yeah it's a part of much uh it's part of a much deeper issue that for example we put drinking as a risk behavior the fact that going out to have a drink is considered a risk behavior right and it should bring be, up right? a lot of like it's black. like it's yeah, like it just go out and
0: have a drink be. like i like and it's because and there's gender like differences there too because when i mm-hmm. i it's is that a it's, is it a necessarily risk for me it can happen to anybody right that's for, yeah. for first and foremost it can happen to anybody but i'm much less at risk if i go out and get like too drunk to walk you know what i mean and that's
2: you think that's unjust that's that unjustified at risk, mm-hmm. at Just risk. Yeah. that's the conception of the society that's you are the not culture, that
0: well that, then that, you also have you also have yeah. the issues that that men typically don't um report it and that's due to a couple of things. That's due to KAI culture, right? Very toxic masculinity stuff. Yeah. Um, when you're less than, if something like that happens to you, but um, we don't have that information, right? We don't have the statistics on. We don't have an accurate statistics on men. I would say because they don't report. So looking at a statistic viewpoint, right? I could be. I could say that I'm less at risk, but in maybe reality, I'm. I'm maybe I'm not, right?
3: Yeah. So for example, um, in our presentations we have the statistics statistics for men. Um, and it's um, essentially we have a lot more statistics available for men before the age of 18. And that's mainly because of mandated reporting. So the main Hold on, on, explain that explain that we, what
0: explain what mandated reporting is.
3: Okay, so mandated reporting um, if you so we are considered mandated reporters. If you work with children, you' sure considered are the mandated reporter. So if a child, for example, comes up to you and tells you that, as far as the situation was going on, you have to report that and report to the authorities. So the authorities collect that information and collect that report and it goes into a, data, a database for data collection on crime, crime rates.
1: Yeah. So that's why like, we know, and like past mm-hmm. the age of 18, like that reporting isn't mandated anymore. There's like no legal reason to, it's up to you. So
2: oh, yeah. And YouTube. we
3: already know that the reporting rate for women is extremely low. We know that around 60% of sexual assaults are not reported, Um, and let alone men and victimization for men and women, even though victimization happens in both genders, um, it does, that was very like, both genders, sorry. Um, We know that victimization happens um, in both genders. It does happen differently, and the responses are different um, because of societal stigmas, um, because of societal pressures, because of toxic masculinity. Um, oftentimes, men just don't come forward to talk about it at all um, because of the fear of being seen as less than. While as women usually don't come to talk, um, forward to talk about it, mainly because of the, again, the victim-blaming side of it, like, okay, why was this going on? Why X, Y, or Z? And also the, the amount of scrutiny they sometimes face and backlash from their family members and friends from coming forward. And we also know, sorry, we also know in LGBTQA communities, we also don't have that many statistics available because one, it kind of is putting yourself at risk when you do report. You do end up putting yourself in a position where the fear of essentially coming out, especially if you're not out yet, that does put you in a situation of high risk. So we don't have a lot of statistics available because, again, there is the whole we can't talk about it because there's already enough stigma surrounding the um the community so yeah i mean typically
1: like 58 percent of like it's non-binary and trans people or genderqueer basically any type of like non-binary gender 58 of them are like um in the past year have interacted with law enforcement and they have been repeatedly misgendered they've been harassed they've been physically assaulted um as a result like they just don't feel comfortable doing so and 57 of them 57% of them don't even do it because of that fear so it's like 58% have already it's already happened to them they've been misgendered and harassed and 57% just don't do it because it's that fear of like um you may be um outed you may be misgendered you may be t- and like not taken into account because it's like oh you know you fall under this like you know and so like, it's
0: it's not it's 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 already hard right admitting that something happened right for some people um so in the LGBT lgbtqa um, community it becomes even harder right due to the other issues that you were talking about
2: mm-hmm. so yeah it is harder and also even if the um, reporting rates are lower they're actually at higher risk like risk according to the um justice department they are actually like 21 percent of transgender, gender, queer, and non-conforming college students have been sexually assaulted, compared to only 18% of non-transgender females and 4% of non-transgender males. So it's actually, they're at higher risk, but the the report the reporting rates are lower because of what Alex and Sumi were saying.
3: And we already know, especially um, for trans women, so trans women are already at um, high risk So we know, especially for um, African-American trans women, their life expectancy is at like a 30 to 40 age. And it's mainly because of um, hate crimes committed against them. So just that alone puts them in a very susceptible position. And then just coming out and kind of like facing, facing their assaulter puts them at a much, much higher risk. So there is that issue that is just like, okay, I have to kind of measure out how risky will it be for me to have to not only face the legal system, not only have to face my the perpetrator. So there's a lot with that. There's a very lots of high risk and it's a very scary situation. It really is.
0: So that's some heavy stuff, right?
1: Yeah. So this is not to say that um, sexual assault or rape or any type of victimization isn't happening, but the rate of sexual assault and rape has fallen 63% since 1993 so that's good news right yeah of course it's a good news yeah it's a good news it's
0: good news
1: (laughs) yeah but it's not saying that it doesn't still occur it's just Mm. definitely fallen a lot from 1993.
0: why do you think it's fallen
3: well there is there has been a change in the way that we talk about sexual assault there has been a change in the way that we talk about victimization um, especially now, um, survivors are given a platform to talk about what their experiences are. They're given a platform to be able to point. feel safe if they do choose to take the legal route. They, um, we, there is more education on the topic. There's more education on the, the after effects. There's more education on the trauma aspect of it. The There's fact that we
0: education- even do- The fact that we're even yeah. sitting here and doing this, right?
3: Like mm-hmm. I was about to go yeah. on to the
1: idea of like the fact that we're here educators before anyone can become a survivor or a victim. We're here to show like um, steps and like tips and tricks to maybe like it's not saying that like what you do will control what uh-huh. happened, but you can stay safe. Like you can stay with your friends at an event, you can cover your drink, you know, do things to make sure that like mm-hmm. you're a bit safer.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without it, it, saying it, that any of your actions will make you a victim. Exactly. Like, not at all we are just the fact that we're talking about it and the fact that you are able to know about the topic and to like feel comfortable to talk about it and know that there's a space to which you can go and ask questions mm-hmm. and just like make sure that you know, know everything that you want to it's great like I'm for, I'm sure that this this that we're doing right now was not possible some years ago and that's one of the reasons why yeah um, it's yeah. better
3: also the the culture itself i know we do talk a lot about rape culture and victim blaming and how it is still a prominent thing it's the way we address it and the way that we do talk about it has changed immensely um the way that we do call each other out now like i, I guy friends like guys but we always say guys will be guys because again guys are not the only perpetrators at all no But we always say, "Oh, guys will be guys, guys will be guys." I have seen it—guys calling each other out on comments that are not appropriate—and that that has changed. The culture itself has changed. I know it seems like from 1993; it doesn't seem so long ago, but it has changed immensely. And luckily, we're just moving forward. And even laws are now set in place to protect survivors. Like Mm -hmm. it's again, the culture itself and the way that we are as a society has changed immensely, which is contributed to that drop in numbers.
0: So do you feel like with people calling each other out, you think catcalling is becoming like less of a thing? Or do you think it still happens? I mean, things still happen, but we're heading in the right direction, right?
3: Yes. Yeah. But it's kind of hard to say because it's important to know because of, um, there's still amounts of reporting. There's still not that much reporting being done.
0: Right, because so there's still a problem. There, there's dropping. still an issue with it's. It's still an issue that people aren't coming up and saying it, right, due to different circumstances.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it varies from location to location, so it's a little bit more difficult to say if it's dropping. Um, but what I, I I can speak on is that there is a shift, and it's a positive shift.
0: It's a shift in. in attitude, right, against those type of things. Mm-hmm. It, which is which is I think mm-hmm. is is a very important part because I think when you're trying to tackle a problem and I mean any problem just in general, I think the the weight of public opinion on that issue is a giant determining factor of if like those are those types of um issues will be well, yeah, yeah, if, like if those types of issues will continue to happen or will, you know, decline.
2: Yeah, it's what we said from the beginning. Like the problem of victim blaming is caused mainly by the society so the fact that it's getting better is of course caused by the society too. So mm-hmm. it's so mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. yeah also like this is the very fact that now we can have this program available where students can essentially educate each other and change the um, communal point of view on this issue it just goes to show the change that's going on
0: so then do you guys have any, um, I guess, final thoughts on the, we've come to the, to the end of this video. Do you guys have any final thoughts on the subject itself?
3: So another thing, sorry. Another thing that, um, the basic empowerment program does is safety planning. So if you're in. Uh, okay. Yeah. Get into situation. safety
0: planning, which kind of goes so into, um, would you say that goes into advocacy? Would you no no, no. Would you say that goes into the advocacy side of things or safety planning is its own section?
3: Um, I think more on the advocacy side. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. okay
3: mm-hmm. Yeah. maybe yeah a little bit it falls in that both sides mm-hmm. kind of issue okay.
0: um
3: but we do offer safety planning because we do understand especially in domestic violence situations um even though there's the misconception that someone can just leave which is of course a very big misconception um we do assist with that we do assist with how if someone is, wants to leave that relationship how can we assist them what are some strategies they should have in place how can we assist them to get out of that situation or if they choose not to leave which that's perfectly fine too um, we also do assisting coming up with a like safety tools that they can use just to be safe in that environment and that also goes for stocking we also do safety planning planning for that too and what are some things that um, a client must do um, should do sorry that um the client should do in order to try and be safe or try to avoid Um, being in an uncomfortable situation or just if they also do want to pursue the legal route we also do help out through the safety planning aspect of it
0: Mm -hmm. you had you had some you had a cook come in just now (laughs) (laughs) well on that note um i think (laughs) <laughs>
2: I'm so sorry.
1: Amazing. Great. Well,
0: I don't know. I don't know a better way to end it than with that um uh, so 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 thank you guys thank you all for coming oh my God. um you had you had a, <laughs> a she looks like she was in mission as possible you know what i mean like she's like hiding <laughs> she's like <laughs> oh my God. all right well as always thank you for tuning in folks thank you guys for coming uh thank you guys for coming thank you guys for participating in this episode um thank you viewers uh and remember you are not alone. You
3: are not alone.
0: <laughs> you are not alone. Awesome, possum. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to Peercast. This podcast is brought to you by Florida International University's Counseling and Psychological Services Department, as well as the Victim Empowerment Program. These episodes are recorded via Zoom, and the video version is on our Instagram page. Please follow us at FIU underscore You can also check out our online self-help resources for more information at caps.fiu.edu.
2: I just. I wasn't talking and then just mm-hmm. came in and I was like "But you're still part of the video like
0: I love that she just came in I love, I love that, that she, she came crawled and crawled and in, the in. And, the, like,
2: the after, you know, and then I was like happened. mom esta saliendo en el like, video right <laughs>